Let's get to John chapter 8. We're going to study, and I got a message today titled Mercy and Truth. Mercy and Truth. And we know that Jesus was filled with grace and truth, right? And this is, a, this is an amazing passage of Scripture when you study it. Um, if, you, if you have a Bible, like a modern translation like I have, my Bible says this before chapter 8. It says, most ancient Greek manuscripts do not include John 57, 53 through 8.11. And some of you go, does that mean it's not in the Bible? Well, what it means is in the earliest Greek manuscripts, this section wasn't in there. Now, there could be a couple reasons for that. We know that the authors of the Bible were hum real human beings who, <laughs> who wrote these scriptures on scrolls. It could be a missing fragment of a scroll that wasn't included in some of the early manuscripts. It could be part of a second edition when John was writing the gospel that it didn't, the early manuscripts didn't have it because John hadn't written it yet. And then it got in, included later because later manuscripts do include it and it is in the canon of scripture. But in the earliest manuscripts, some, some people think also that, that some of the early church, some of the early Catholic church was fairly corrupt in, some, in selling indulgences and those kinds of things. And they wanted to disavow this particular passage because it almost looks like Jesus is um, letting this lady off the hook for adultery. And of course, if you know anything about the history of the church, people, the priests back then were selling indulgences. I looked it up. <laughs> what was the indulgence cost for adultery? It was five, five copper coins. So if you wanted to give up, get off on God, you know, just, you, you just, just pay the priest five copper coins and you're forgiven of adultery. Now, how many know that's not how it works, right? You can't pay the priest off to get forgiveness of sins. That's not how it works. Jesus shed his blood so he could be forgiven. We don't pay him off, right? And so if it was disavowed because of indulgences, that's a pretty evil evil reason for it to be taken out. Um, but you can do your own research about why this particular um, scroll fragment is not in the early manuscripts. But I think, this, I think we can trust this as a true account of what happened in the, in the ministry of Jesus. And it's one of my most beloved stories of how Jesus shows mercy. And um, if, you, if you're a sinner like me, <laughs> if you messed up like I have, um, you, you should be amazed by grace. Be amazed at how Jesus forgives. And he goes, hey, don't, don't forgive yourself because I've forgiven you. <laughs> Just go and stop sinning. <laughs> Just stop sinning. <laughs> I'm not condemning you. Jesus, you know, Jesus is not pointing his finger at us. He's not condemning us. He's holding his hand out towards us. And he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and weighed down with the burdens and cares of life. I will give you rest. He's not condemning you. We're in the age of grace right now. Now, when Jesus comes back, there will be judgment. He will be the righteous judge, but he gives humanity every opportunity to turn around, to repent, to go and sin no more. So let's study here John chapter 8, verse 1, the woman caught in adultery. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman that they had caught in the act of adultery. I wonder how they knew when to catch her in the act of adultery. Yes, mm, think about that. They put her in front of the crowd to shame this woman, right? 
And teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say? See, they're trying to trap him, right? And here's what Jesus says. Such a wise response. They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. I love how Jesus sometimes didn't answer questions. He's like, let me just let, it just, does it, let the question just sit there. Right? Or he's like, what are these guys saying? <laughs> or he'll answer a question with a question. Right? But they ask him this pointed question, and he just stoops down. He's writing the dust with his finger. Verse 7. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, stone her. But let those who have never sinned throw the first stones. <laughs> I've heard theologians speculate about this. What was Jesus writing in the dirt? Was he writing the names of all the guys that were present that had already slept with that woman themselves? Menachem, Yaakov, Moeshe, <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> Uh oh, that's my name he's writing down in the sand, right? <laughs> For some reason, the very next thing happens. So let those who have never sinned throw the first stone, verse 8. Then he stopped, stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Now we don't know what he was writing. I like that idea that he might have been writing the names of the men in the crowd that he knew were sinners, right? And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again, and he said to her, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Isn't that amazing? It goes back to the, what we studied in John chapter 3. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would never, not perish but have everlasting life. What's the verse after that? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the, him the world might be saved. Jesus is not poking a finger and accusing the world, condemning the world. He's saying, I'm offering grace. I'm offering forgiveness. Come to me. I'm offering God's mercy. Just come. Come and receive the forgiveness and go and sin no more. Man, and, and when we have Jesus inside of us, we're free to choose not to sin anymore. That's a beautiful thing. As a person who's in recovery, when I think about drug addiction and alcoholism, when you think about how that can be such a trap, right? And when you're in your disease, you feel like, I can't ever get out of this. How am I ever going to get free? The beautiful thing is when, when God comes in, when you let God take the throne of your life, when you surrender to him completely, he gives you the strength that you didn't have before. To say no to the drugs or to the alcohol or to whatever life-controlling issue is going on in your life. And until you surrender completely, until you surrender absolutely, you're going to continue to struggle. And so what we need to do is just fully surrender. 
and say, God, I can't do it. I need you inside of me to do it on my behalf. I need your mercy to go and sin no more. And he'll do it. He will do it. You know the Holy Spirit's first name is Holy? <laughs> he wants to help you stop sinning. He wants to help you become a better person and to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord and become a fully devoted disciple of Jesus. It's not easy, but it's good. It's really good. So point number one here today is that Jesus offers mercy today. He didn't just offer mercy to the woman there in that day. He's offering mercy today to you and I. Even if you've known the Lord your whole life, even if you think you've got the Bible down, like I read the whole Bible, I all know all about religion, I know all about Christianity. Listen, you can have a head knowledge about Christianity, but not know Him. You can know about Him without knowing Him. Yeah. Y'all catching what I'm saying? You can have an intellectual knowledge about God without a, a, an experiential knowing of Him. And what I'm talking about is a spiritual encounter with God through His Son, Jesus, that will change everything for you. It'll change your whole universe. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the friends you keep. It'll change how you spend money. It'll change how you, uh, what you do for your free time. It'll change everything. Your idea of fun will change. You know, it's so amazing. Last night we had the basement full of people. And you, this church, this little church raised thousands of dollars for the homeless and the hungry in our county last night. And I go, wow, 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 wow. This little church, this little church did that. It was fun too. We had a good time. It was, a, it was way better than getting blitzed at the bar, right? Come on. You're watching God's use our church to do something amazing for those who are hungry and homeless was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That's my, that's my idea of a good time. And I hope that you can start to say, okay, God, come in, take charge. I want your idea of fun for my life. What adventures, Jesus, do you want to take today? And when you start praying prayers like that, who knows where you might go with the Lord? So Jesus is the light of the world. That's this next section, verse 12. Jesus said to the people, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will have the light that leads to, to life. Verse 13. The Pharisees replied, You are making false claims about yourself. I'm going to, I'm going to use the glasses because I've, I've got so many notes and highlights and things. This is my, these are my birth control glasses here. Okay. <laughs> Verse 13, the Pharisees replied, you're making false claims about yourself. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me with all your human limitations. But I'm not judging anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I'm not alone. I have with me the Father who sent me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know my Father. If you knew me, 
then you would know my Father too. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. I always get mystified. Like, what does that mean? Does he, did he disappear? Like, did they just go blind for a second? How did, how did he keep escaping uh, these guys who wanted to kill him over and over again? In this little section, we see this theme that we have throughout the entire series. Jesus is the light of the world. If you, if you have Jesus, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. You don't have to be confused anymore. You don't have to be fearful anymore. You don't have to be angry anymore. You don't have to keep records of all the wrongs of people that you have to pay back. No, you just let all that stuff go. You can just be free. You can just be free. Go, wow, is it really that simple? Yes. <laughs> you know, it seems too simple. Yeah. Simple, but not easy, is it? Turning your life over to God's care and control, surrendering to Him, isn't easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. And for me, it's a daily decision. Say, okay, Lord, this is the day you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, you take me where you want me to go today. You set the agenda for my life. And Lord, you speak through me. You help me te to touch other lives of people that are hurting. Lord, may not my will, like Jesus said in the garden, not my will, Father, but your will be done. When you do that, God, God will make more of your life than you could have even imagined of making of it of your own, on your own. Because you know God loves you more than you love yourself. You know God has better plans than you could ever formulate on your own for yourself. Did you know that? That He can, he can make your life so beautiful if you'll just surrender. And yet we don't want to do that, do we? It's sort of like, oh no, but I've got good ideas. And God's like, oh, your ideas. That's, that's, that's so small compared to what I want to do with you. Right? We don't, we're not dreaming it big enough. We're not dreaming it as good as God has planned for us. And so that's, that's point number two. Jesus is the light of the world, and we don't have to walk in darkness. It's the whole theme throughout this gospel over and over again in these chapters. Jesus is saying, you don't have to live in the dark. I'm the light. Just come. Follow the light. <laughs> Verse 21. So the unbelieving people are warned. You got to get a picture. Now, Jesus is in the temple. And there was most likely some kind of construction project going on in the temple at this time. Teachers of the law, traditional Jewish, Orthodox Jewish people were scrutinizing this guy from Galilee. Can't be the Messiah. We know where he comes from. He's the carpenter's son. Blah, blah, blah. Right? They're arguing theology in the temple court. In verse 21. Later, Jesus said to them again, I'm going away. You will search for me and die in your sin. You cannot come where I'm going. The Jewish leaders asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I'm going. Then he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world and I am not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am who I say I am. You will die in your sins. Tell us who you are, they demanded. Jesus replied, I am the one that I've always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me. And he is true. But they still didn't understand what he was talking about. 
that he was talking about his father. Verse 28, so Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will realize that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but I speak what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me, and I'm, and He has not deserted me, for I'll always do the things that are pleasing to Him. Then many who heard Him say these things believed in Him. Isn't that something? Jesus predicts His death on the cross. That's point number three here. He, 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 it goes so fast, people don't even see it. And I think even the disciples, they didn't remember he said it until after it happened. <laughs> you know, God is trying to break into our world sometimes. He's saying, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and we don't see it, but God sees it. He even gives you a little warning, but you know it blows right by you, Right? Because the riches of God are so convoluted and complex and beyond our grasping and understanding that sometimes God can tell you the very thing and because you don't have ears to hear it in the moment, you don't hear it. But we need to have ears to hear, eyes to see, right? To say, Lord, give me a hunger to know what are you saying? What do you want from me? What do you want to do with my life? And laying aside our agenda and letting God be God is such a huge part of that. Well, he continues here in verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, this is a mixed crowd. Some of them don't believe and some of them do. He said to the people who believed in him, you truly are my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone on earth. What do you mean set free? Now, these guys are deluded. Because at the very moment they're saying this, they were slaves to the Roman Empire. <laughs> Shows how blind we can be. Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will indeed be free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because my message does not find a place in your hearts. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. <laughs> Point number four, truth has a name, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> He said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. Right? It's quite a claim. Yet I've discovered that to be true my whole life. The more I surrender to Jesus, the more He comes in and heals me, helps me, provides for me, strengthens me, gives me more of His Spirit, guides my life. Things go better and better. But the more I drift away from Jesus, the harder things become, the poorer I get, the more angry and fearful I become. Come on, somebody, right? You ever noticed? <laughs> if you feel like God is farther away, somebody moved. And it wasn't God. We drift, don't we? You ever, you ever go boogie boarding or surfing in the ocean? You start out at one place on the beach, or you're at a resort, and you get out there in the waves, and you start catching a couple... And suddenly you realize, 
where's the hotel that I just got in the water at? Oh, it's way down there. What happened? I drifted. We drift when we're not aware, right? The, the world pulls us in a direction. We're not even aware of the drift. And Jesus is the anchor. He's the lighthouse. He's the one that we go, oh, I've drifted. Lord, let me come back towards you. You're, you're the place that I need to be at. Truth has a name, and his name is Jesus. Verse 39. Jesus continues debating with these guys. He says, our father Abraham, our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. If you were children of Abraham, you would follow his good example. I told you the truth, and I heard from God, but you're trying to kill me. Abraham wouldn't do a thing like that. No, you're obeying your real father when you act that way. They replied, we're not born out of wedlock. Our true father is God himself. And Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? Is it because you're unable to do so? For you are children of your father, the devil. If you love to do the evil things that he does, he was a murderer from the beginning and has always hated the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which, you can, which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone whose father is God listens gladly to the words of God. Since you don't, it proves that you aren't God's children. No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me. For I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God wants to glorify me. Let him be the judge. I assure you, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And the people said, Now we know you're possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died, but you say that those who obey your teachings will never die? Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? Are you greater than the prophets who died? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Jesus answered, don't you love a good hot debate? <laughs> Jesus answered, if I'm merely boasting about myself, it doesn't count. But it is my Father who says these glorious things about me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. And if I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you are. But it's true. I know him and obey him. Your ancestor Abraham enjoyed, rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say that you've seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, the truth is, before Abraham was, I am. In the translation today, I existed before Abraham was even born. And at that point, they picked up stones to kill him. But Jesus hid himself from them and left the temple. <laughs> so if you don't think Jesus got in people's grill, you haven't read your Bible. Who, who did Jesus have the biggest beef with in this world? It was religious people. Right? It was the rule makers and the rule keepers. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. right? Point number five. Jesus says it right here. Choose your house. 
What house you want to live in? You want to live in the devil's house? You want to live in God's house? It's pretty clear. Follow his teachings? <laughs> you're in God's family. Follow your religion? You're actually serving your real father, the devil. The God of this world who is trying to deceive you, who is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. The God of this world who wears the accuser's hat and wants to, to condemn everyone. Jesus is not the one who condemns. He's the one who opens his hand, his blood-soaked, nails-pierced hands and says, come to me. All of you are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. People say, oh, how could a loving God send people to hell? No, wrong question. Wrong question. How could people reject a loving God who has given every opportunity for the whole world to come to him just by believing in his son? How could you reject an offer like that? It doesn't cost you anything. It's cost him everything. He just wants you to surrender. And he offers everything. Eternity. A relationship with God by his Holy Spirit. The truth of the scriptures. Everything you can imagine. All of that plus heaven too one day when we die. Amazing. How can we reject the loving God? How can we reject what Jesus has offered? Because he's paid the entire price on our behalf. Well, we were religious, right? We want to go, well, I need to do something. No, it's already been done. All you can do is surrender. That seems too simple. It is painfully simple. But it ain't easy. Because <laughs> it means you stepping off the throne of your heart and letting Jesus be the Lord. <laughs> Share the, briefly the gospel with you. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if you feel like, oh, I feel condemned, Pastor, you're talking about sin, and I feel like I'm a sinner. Look, you're, you, you, you're special, but you're not unique, all right? <laughs> We've all sinned. We've all sinned, all right? So just settle the fact. The Pope has sinned. <laughs> Mother Teresa sinned. All the good people in the world have sinned, right? All have sinned. And there's a penalty for sin. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. But... The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Isn't that good news? So the gospel is available. Well, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you turn around and let Jesus do it on your behalf? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you might be, could be, possibly. No, you will be saved. For it's a heart, with the heart men believe. It's with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So it's believing, honestly, like we sang a minute ago about sincere, having a sincere belief in God. Not that just that He existed, but that He died on your behalf. And that what He shed on that cross, His blood, His life, can be appropriated for your life, for your sin, past, present, and future, that you can be owned by God through the blood of Jesus. That's why I wanted to sing that song today. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's wonderful power in the blood of the Lamb. Believe. Confess with your mouth. You will be saved.
There's a simple prayer that I love to lead. I do it at Alpha Course pretty often when I share the gospel with people. I always want to give people an opportunity to come to Jesus. And it's STP. It's like the old racing logo. Sorry, thank you, please. And some people think that's scientifically treated petroleum. No, no. It's sorry, thank you, please. Come to him. Confess your sin. Thank him for what he's done. And please come in. Be my Lord and Savior. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes here today? I want to give an opportunity. I see a lot of new folks in the room today. You might be new to watching or listening online in our ministry today. You would say, Pastor, I don't think I've ever done it. I don't think I've ever surrendered my life to Jesus. But I want to. Or maybe you prayed a prayer a long time ago. But you haven't been walking with Jesus as the Lord of your life. And you want to commit your life to him today. You want to know that you know that you know that if you die today, you go to heaven. That Jesus is your Lord and he's your savior. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you come forward or confess all your sins. I just want you to confess him as Lord. If you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me today. I need to say yes to Jesus. Slip your hand up or here to my left. Anybody else in the room to say, I need to say yes to the Lord. I'm not going to belabor it for a real long time, but I do want to give you an opportunity to make it public. Say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Slip your hand up wherever you're sitting right now. Or make, make eye contact with me so I know I got you. Anybody's just saying, I need to say yes to Jesus. Yep. Very good. Very good. If you're online, just in the comments section, just say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Church, let's pray this prayer of salvation, of commitment to him. Loud and proud. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. According to the scriptures. Please come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Be the Lord of my life. I want to follow Jesus. From this moment forward. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift your countenance, and give you his peace. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord, everybody. Glad you came today. Yes, a question. Can we do a prayer for Israel? Yes, a prayer for Israel. That's a great idea. Yeah, another. Andrew. Sure. What's got what's Kevin got going on? Pain? You bet. Awesome. Hey, let's just do that real quick, huh? Father in heaven, we just come and intercede on behalf of your people, Israel. Your word says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Father, I pray for these, especially for these families that have children that have been taken hostage into Gaza City. Lord, I pray that through divine and supernatural means and methods, you get these Israelis that have been taken hostage to a place of safety. And I pray for a quick end, a quick resolution to this this outbreak of war, I pray it would not be a full-scale war. I pray that Hezbollah would not get as involved as it seemed to be already. And Lord, we pray for, for Kevin today. Pray that you just relieve his pain and help him, um, Lord, to walk in newness of life. Thank you, God, for your presence that we felt in this room today. Go before us this week. Bless us and make us a blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, church. Come on back next Sunday. Join us for Alpha Course at Mayo Cafe at 6.30. And sign up for the Holy Spirit Retreat. Grab one of these little flyers and register online at mysummitchurch.com. That's it, everybody. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. 
you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page or at mysummitchurch.com. You can also text your gift to 303-625-9434. Follow the prompts using your smartphone and 100% of what you give by text goes directly to the ministry. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Like, comment, share, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life.